Yeah, midnight to 8.30, five days a week. Jesus, I did that at brief like uh, side sidebar, but I did that at Wendy's. I used to work like 4 p.m. 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. drive through shifts or uh, 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. Uh, drive through shifts. Yeah, they were uh, they were quite the times. Yes. No, it was uh, it was a union gig and I still miss those paychecks sometimes. Fair, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I think of no frills, I just think of those really high budget commercials they have now yes. with like the big fancy animation that's everywhere. Sorry. Yeah, and yeah. the and the, the mix CD they put out. Yeah, that too. Jesus. Yeah. No, it's like where where did all these frills come from? Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's only it's only frills now. I went to film school, the podcast about film school and life after film school. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Moss. How are you doing, Moss? I'm doing good, Zach. How are you? How are you doing, man? It's good to see I'm, you. I'm great. I'm finishing law school applications and drowning in fucking personal interest letters and saying why I want to go to every school. It's uh, great, Moss. Yeah. I love writing cover letters. They're so much fun. Oh, nothing better than trying to remain modest while also selling yourself as an object that they should acquire. It's a brilliant system. Yup. Yup. Mm-hmm. Talking about all my accomplishments like they mean something. Just kidding for all the admissions councils listening to this. You're just saying things, tears streamed at your face, like these accomplishments mean anything. Yeah. Am I right, guys? <laughs> my degree is hanging above me, but it's, it's <laughs> might as well just be a paperweight. Like... <laughs> Anyway, paper um, is a paperweight. Yeah, exactly. I didn't really think that matter that that through. It's something else. It's a doormat. Doormat. Yeah. Yeah. Doormat. I like like the old master's degree doormat. Right. Yeah. That's what you're using yours for. Do you ever even gotten your diploma yet for your master's? No. No. Of course not. No. 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 Why not? Do you have your undergrad diploma? I still still don't have my undergrad piece of paper. Why? You paid. I don't, you must, if you wait too long, don't you have to like specially order it again? Yeah, that's already, I already have to do that. That's why I haven't. So here's what I'm hoping. When I graduate, like 50 bucks now. When I I graduate um, in February of 2022, finally from the master's. Or like, I haven't graduated. I've graduated. No, no, no. Like I haven't fully convocated or got the piece of paper yet. No. But you've finished it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been done for a while. I've been done since like May of 2020. But nonetheless, here we are. And anyway, let's, we don't have to go into full detail, but the I, main I, thing is, I like to imagine I'm hoping, though. wait, 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 wait. I just, I'm hoping that when I convocate, they'll just be like, oh, by the, and look what we found in the back. We found your, <laughs> we Whoa, found, here it is. And then, and then like, we do a whole thing. There's like photographers there from the local newspaper. And I'm just like, oh, double degree madness. And that's like the front page headline. I think that. But be then, fun. as the, as the second the, the the photographers are gone, they put a gun to your throat. And they're like, "Kids, okay, fifty bucks each. Let's go <laughs> back. Let's fucking go, Mister." <laughs> they're like, "What's your what's your my passport York ID right now? Tell, put it in, put it in my phone. It's Come like, on, God, I'm so sorry." <laughs> yeah, it's good Sobbing. stuff. Fifty dollars no, like in flex bucks right now. Oh my god, in flex bucks that useless. If you, I love it. You invested in there, and if you don't use it by the end of the year, it's just gone. Yeah, it's like, oh, whoops, it's gone. How did I don't know what happened there, guys? But fuck it's, you guys, <laughs> guys. It's um, so weird. Where'd all your meal plan dollars go, guys? That's crazy. You didn't, right? You didn't no, but my I like to think though that with York, with them like holding on to the, the undergrad diplomas, that like you only keep them for what like six months after the fact. 
I like to imagine at the end of the six months they burn them. <laughs> I was gonna there's like a big, just get like there's the a shredder. big cartoonishly large incinerator in the back of the room in the back of the uh the Bennett Center, and they just have piles of diplomas that no one's picked up and they just throw them in the fire. <laughs> Warming themselves on it. Do you know that? Do you know that clip from Fairly Odd Parents where the Navy is just shoveling money into the into the furnace and they're just like they're going really hard. <laughs> That's what they're doing, but with diplomas of yeah. idiot students like me. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm actually not an idiot for this one because this was another dumb thing because of the strike. I think I, I've explained this a bunch of times on this podcast why I still don't have my undergrad degree. But and yet I'll quickly do it again just to remind y'all because I applied to graduate in June on the strike year. And then it was, Oh, the strike happened. There's an error. And I was like, okay, cool. And then later on I waited and then I applied to a graduate in October. And then suddenly the website's like, what are you talking about? You already graduated. I'm like, what the, what? I, I never- Did you tell us about this? I, for- yes. I forget. Cause I, yes, I, a- I applied to graduate in June of 2018 during the strike and I fucking did it. Yeah. Isn't that, like, I isn't that great? The stage. Isn't that <laughs> lovely? I never got yep. a single email. I never got, Rip. I never got, Dick and McGee's or whatever. I don't know. Like, I just, I, uh, I remember on the day of my graduation on my convocation ceremony at York, I like, I kind of had stubble, but I was too lazy to shave that morning. So, cause I just didn't care. Good. So I show up and I'm in line and you have to wait like in line for like three hours before the convocation with everybody. Luckily <sighs> I was near friends. Cause my, cause Gladstone is so, so close to Gal. Julia was like two people down from me. So you guys were just like talking over people. Basically, we were just like shooting the shit. But like a friend of mine like noticed I hadn't shaved. It was like Zach, you were like sleeping in your car. Like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking five o'clock shadow. Like I was hung over and dragged myself to the convocation. You guys are so lucky. I swear. I, I mean, I'm not honestly. I don't really care for like graduation ceremonies or anything. Like uh, they're for the, like their parents and shit, though. Yeah, like, I, I know, I know. Um, I don't really well, care for like, parents. I love how you uh, said that. I know, like more with more disdain and disgust than just the <laughs> flat idea of a comic. You're like, yeah, no, I, like these I, fucking bastards. I know, like for the parents, like what? What do they do? They birthed me. That oh, it's only they deserve <laughs> like they deserve a whole like oh yeah look at my oh you birthed at, me want to fight about it like yeah like oh this orgasm of mine actually accomplished something oh, like ew, I gross. now you've ruined it okay well, let's get back to on top we actually have a guest on today oh, Hoss. god right yeah this like is a podcast. five minutes shooting the shit about yeah this is a podcast we run or something yeah. I think um our guest today is someone I know uh his name is Brendan Welton uh he is a producer he attended the CFC producers lab uh, i met him because this past this past summer uh rowan who has been a guest on the podcast rowan got me a gig uh for a week working on a feature a uh, talent to watch feature called aaron's guide to kissing girls and brendan was the producer and uh through my time on set i got to know brendan a little bit i invited him on the podcast he was gracious enough to attend and deal with our bullshit but Brendan has produced a number of other indie features as well, including Sebastian and a film called Deadline. So Deadline and Sebastian, two indie feature films. He also worked at Blockbuster until the bitter end and now also works at Bay Street Video. So, hey, if you're in Toronto, want to go say hi to Brendan at Bay Street Video, do it. And also maybe check out apparently Bay Street Video is a podcast as well. Anyway, we had a gr- I know yes, I well. like Bay Street Video. I don't know. I love like- Bay Street Video. Who the hell doesn't love Bay Street Video? Yeah, no, exactly. Okay, so I don't know if like the section where we talked about Bay Street Video is in our main interview, but if it isn't, my God, I love like I've bought a bunch of I've gotten a bunch of Criterion Blu-rays, even some non-Criterion Blu-rays from there. 
And I think I usually got them for like pretty good prices too, which is just nuts. Yeah, no, I love Bay Street. It's just a cool put. Like you go in there and you can immediately tell like, oh, this is like a yeah. cinema den. You know, this is like <laughs> a cinema den. Jesus. This is like a, like a, like a hollowed hall. Anyway, it's cool. It's a cool place. Anyway, yeah. So we had a great interview with Brendan. Uh, and here it comes. So yeah, to jump in, uh, I met you, Brendan, because uh, through a friend of ours, Rowan, I got uh, I got a week long PA gig on a feature film that you just finished, that you just wrapped, that you, did, you produced, called Aaron's Guide to Kissing Girls. Um, are you okay to talk about that, by the way? Absolutely, that, absolutely. Right, I'm, I'm, we're at a point where I'm psyched to talk about it. Okay, sweet. Yes, and I worked uh, I worked for a week there on set. Uh, it was a great experience. I wish uh, I wish Rowan hadn't come back, so I could have worked longer. But oh well. <laughs> um, but so there, there I met you, and I learned you went to. And I think I'm going to get the program name wrong, but you went to the Canadian Film Centers, which is the producers lab that you attended. Perfect. Yep, that's exactly. It. I went to the the Canadian Film Center producer lab in 2019. Okay, sweet. Yes. And on set, you also told me about like a lot of your other misadventures in the film world, uh, <laughs> producing um, different indie features, yep. as well as the fact you worked at Blockbuster, which I also think is like really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so how about do you want telling us just like where you were film career rise before the CFC and how you came about producing like your first feature? Yeah. So um, I originally went to Ryerson uh back in the mid 2000s 2000 i think i started in 2005 and uh met a bunch of really great people some of which i'm still really close friends with uh one of them chris green uh brought me on board as a it sort of started off as like a co-story credit for a, a a horror film he had been working on and um which sort of turned into me becoming the assistant director and then helping out with some of the producing responsibilities, um, which was which was great. I first uh, I first moved to Toronto, uh, you know, wanting to be you know the next Tarantino or Nolan, where I wanted to be you know the next writer director auteur. Uh, and then when I you know that little little taste of producing by that that project gave me was, uh, was addictive and it kind of became something I, I wanted to focus more on. And then as, as you said, I was, I was working at Blockbuster at the time, right up until the bitter end. <laughs> and I used part of my, uh, my severance package through, uh, the wage earners protection program, uh, to produce what I think when I consider my like proper first feature film. Uh, deadline, which we shot in the late winter, early spring of 2012. Um, used my severance and my EI, and still went still went into debt, uh, producing this extremely extremely low budget uh, feature film, which I'm I'm still pretty proud of. It took a long time to finish. We had. Uh, because we, we ran out of money after production and uh, there was, yeah, just a lot of, lot of issues with uh, getting some reshoots that we needed and uh, getting it all put together. But we premiered it at the Toronto Independent Film Festival in 2016. Uh, we were the first, 
first film uh, the festival had that sold out. They uh, actually gave us a second screening, which also almost sold out. I think we were like seven or eight empty seats. Mm, that's awesome. And then we ended nice. up winning the uh, the festival director's award. Uh, and so, yeah, and that's played a couple festivals since and was uh, nominated for a bunch of the Hollywood North Film Awards uh, a couple years ago. Uh, one best sound design, which I'm still pretty psyched on. Uh, our our sound designer uh, Joshua Hemming did a uh, did miracle work on that on that feature <laughs> with uh, with the, the music and just making it actually sound legible. Um, so I'm really I'm really stoked that he got recognized for that. Uh, and around that time, when he when uh, we finished uh, finished the film and it premiered, I started working on a, another feature called Sebastian, which I got. I can't remember which Facebook group Facebook group it was. Can't remember if it was like I need a producer or like the Yeah Shorts group or something. But uh, someone posted they were looking for like a producer in Toronto who had uh experience doing very very low budget films and uh i was like you know what i've got some time and i'm looking for the next challenge so dropped him a line and we really hit it off and then that was a uh, sort of the complete opposite experience i mean it was it was also tough it was a hard it was a hard shoot and it was a lot of pre-production uh partially because he was living in the States at the time, waiting for his green card approval. So he wasn't allowed to come to Canada. Wasn't allowed to, let, uh, allowed to leave the country. Hmm. Uh, he was able to come up for like a week at one point, I think. And then he was able to come up for three weeks around production. So we shot in 13 days, uh, which was an adventure was he the was he just the, was he the co-producer then or was he like he, he was co-producing with me and he was the writer director and star of the film oh, oh yeah you star. might need him Jesus. yes no he 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 definitely needed to be around for it <laughs> um and it was uh yeah but it was a great experience like it went it went very like once we got all the pieces in place it came together very very quickly uh, and it was it was a lot of fun uh, working with Actra. It was my first time working with Actra and on like a, a real level. And we had also uh, managed to get uh, Katya from RuPaul's Drag Race uh, to come up for the right. film. That's cool. for uh, uh, they were they graciously gave us three days that they were able to to be at shoot. So we also had to build our shoot schedule around that a little bit. <laughs> um, and yeah, that actually, we sh- like I signed on probably March, 2016. We shot uh, September into October, 2016. And then uh, we premiered at the 2017 Inside Out Film Festival in Toronto. Oh, wow. And then right after that, we got picked up for distribution from Wolf Video, which is the world's oldest LGBTQ uh, distributor in the world, which was really cool. And they put us out on iTunes and Amazon, and there's a DVD 
uh, you can buy, which is really cool. Uh, it's, it's, it's really neat having something that you, you know, you made on your shelf. Yeah. I can imagine. Uh, so in, in around all of those, I, I just did a lot of short films. I, uh, yeah, I was just looking for, I, I still love short films. I find it's a really like freeing medium where you can kind of get away with stuff. You, you know, something that can't, that wouldn't sustain 90 minutes could sustain 10 minutes. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. No. And yeah. So I just did a bunch of short films and that was, uh, and met, uh, another producer, not another producer, a director, Brendan Prost, uh, who had, was at the CFC. He did the director's lab in 2016. And I ended up volunteering for a, one of the CFC shoots as an assistant director. And uh, he was one of the directors and I worked with him a couple of times over that week. And he brought me on as an AD for uh, his next short out, out of the lab, The Reddest Flowers. And then, uh, yeah, then we again worked really well. And then he asked me again for his next short uh, main squeeze. And then while we were in production or getting ready for production, he asked me to come on board as an associate producer. And that was around the time that I was uh, started applying myself to the CFC for the producer's lab in 2019. Right. So I want to go back a bit. So you yeah. went to, did you go to Ryerson for film? I didn't go to Ryerson for film. Okay. So what, did you go like straight out of high school? No, I, I went to high school in uh, on Vancouver Island in a really small town. And then moved to Toronto because I was, I'm originally from Ontario and I have a lot of fa uh, family here. And I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to change. And worked as a, the night crew manager at a no frills for a couple oh, like of the, years. Like the overnights at a no frills. I did. I did. Like uh, a 24 hour no frills or just like no, it was closed. It was closed at night. It was closed okay. at night. We were there. We had the run of the place. We, uh, you know, we could listen to music and, uh, we just stocked shelves and made, made the store look nice for the next day. But it was, uh, yeah. Midnight to eight thirty, five days a week. Jesus. I did that at brief, like uh side sidebar, but I did that at Wendy's. I used to work like 4 p.m. 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. drive through shifts or uh 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. uh drive through shifts. Yeah, they were uh they were quite the times. Yes, no, it was uh no, it was a union gig and I still miss those paychecks sometimes. Fair, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I think of no frills, I just think of those really high budget commercials they have now yes. with like the big fancy animation that's everywhere. Sorry. Yeah, and yeah. the and the, the mix CD they put out. Yep, that too. Jesus. Yeah. No, it's like where where did all these frills come from? Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's only it's only frills now. That's it, it is. Only it is. Now that uh that, now that Galen Weston's uh, bread fixing thing is over, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to lean into the frills. Yeah. <laughs> the bread fixing is done. Now it's, it's all frills. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah. What made I, you... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I worked. Uh, that's how I, I paid my way through uh, through film school. And then, yeah, I guess it was sort of, I, I started at Ryerson, but when I got the opportunity to work on this, uh, the feature film, I ended up stopping, just sort of, phased out going to, to to film school. So I never actually finished at Ryerson. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. How many years did you do at Ryerson? Two. Uh, what made you want to apply to Ryerson? Like, did you just know you? I mean, like you said, you want to be the next Tarantino. Like, did you just? Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was because they had a a reputation for being more technically focused. Yeah. Uh, and I was a little know-it-all. And I was like, I can, I just need to know how the camera works. Everything else I can make up on my own. And. Were we yeah. all like that at the beginning of film school? Yeah. Then. I still, I still know nothing. I'm still making it up as I go along. Yep. Uh, but it was, uh, I think it was the right fit just because, uh, I think just because of the people I met, just the, the networking. I think that's like 70% at least of the, the value of, of film school is just the people you meet. Yes, I would agree. It's mostly just for like, it's like you're paying a lot of money just to network, but it's, yeah. I think it's partly worth it in the end. Did you enjoy your two years at Ryerson? Like when you were I did, there? I did. I, I had a lot of fun, and I yeah met some great people, and I yeah the stuff that I made, I'm still kind of like you know it's a little cringy, but I'm still kind of proud of the ideas I came up with and how I was executing them. And yeah, I think it was just totally worth it. It was just it was a. there was a blank canvas to work on with like, but there was still parameters to play with. So it's, right. there's enough structure now to get myself into trouble. Okay. So that makes, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, so going down the line, uh, you produced a few Indies and you worked with a lot of people making shorts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you want to apply to the CFC program, the producer's lab? Uh a few things. Um, part of it is like I had worked on uh, as a volunteer one of their shoots and just had a really fun time and met some cool people. And it just seemed like a well-run and interesting organization. Uh, part of it was to see if I could do it, see if I was good enough. Fair. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I've, I've done a few things and I would... Uh, I, I I want the I want the validation on them that uh, you know it's it, that the CFC would would bring. It's uh, it's a prestigious organization. It was founded by Norman Jewison, so it's like a lot of really cool people have come up through there. So it's like, am I am I good enough to be counted among those ranks, even even a little bit? And yeah, part of it was just like the people I knew had who had gone through the CFC that I admired. I was like, it seemed like a really good stepping stone for their career. And it seemed like the, the logical next step to sort of uh yeah, open up open up new doorways and open up new possibilities in my career. That makes sense. Uh so what was the application process like then for the producers lab? Uh it's it's in depth. It's, it's very in-depth. Uh, I had to uh, see, it's been, a, it's been a little while. See what it, I had to write a letter of intent about what I wanted to uh, do while I was there and what I wanted to do with my career. I needed a filmography as a producer. I needed a CV with my any other film work. I needed a full project slate with everything that I was working on at the time. And I needed two letters of reference 
from people in the industry that I, that I had worked with. I think that's, oh, and I also had to do, uh, give examples of my work. I think I had to choose up to two minutes of a project that I had worked on. Uh, that's like a real well. kind of a little bit. I think it, it, if I remember correctly, it was, it wasn't like a sizzle reel or like a best of, I had to choose like two consecutive minutes from something. Okay. Uh, so I chose two minutes from Sebastian of like the night, uh, the morning after like the first night that the, the, the couple in the movie share. All right. Uh, it's hardly blanking on what my next question was. Um, did you, oh yeah, were, were there any like mandatory credits that you had to have in order to apply? Like, did you have to have like at least one credit on a feature film that had been released theatrically or? No, no. Um, I think I had to show something that I was a producer. Like I had to have some sort of okay. producing credit. Uh, but we had such a, there was such a range of experience in the, the producers I was working with in the lab after I got in that I, I don't think, yeah, I think it was definitely not a, like not all of us had worked on a, on a feature before. Okay, fair. And how yeah. long was the program? Was it a full year? Or was it like the eight eight months? I can't remember. Uh, it was six months. It was uh, okay. yeah, July to December of twenty nineteen. All right. And <laughs> how did you find? So how did you find your experience at the CFC? Just like overall. Uh, it was awesome. Um, it was. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think, I mean, again, a lot of, uh, a lot of what I really liked out that came out of it was, uh, the, was the networking, just the people I've met and the like people I want to work with and just the friends I made. It was, uh, that was awesome. And they did, it was such a, like a wide range of, uh, of sort of things that we worked on and talked about and dealt with uh that it was it was never boring there was never never a day where i was like oh this it was there was always like a new perspective or there was a new new angle on something that i worked on before uh that made it seem fresh and challenging and and yeah it was uh yeah, I think I think almost almost everything I did there was rewarding in some way. Can I ask? Um, Are there any? Do you have any big takeaway or takeaways or lessons that you uh, from your experience at the CFC? I think the biggest thing that I've I've learned is uh, I guess to be more aware of my personal brand. That was that was the thing that they really. Um, drove drove home a lot in uh in a lot of our sessions uh they had a uh a branding and marketing expert come in and talk to us and sort of help us help us finesse that and it is is something that i still sort of think about and sort of am shaping a year you know year and a half almost two years after the fact i think that's been uh part of the the blessing of the pandemic quote unquote is just because yeah. I, it, it was sort of a 
we finished the program and I was like, they jazzed us up to be in the real world. And I was like, but what do, what do I want to do? What I want, what is the image of myself that I want to put out there in the film industry? And then everything shut down. So I got to have another year and a half to, to think about it. <laughs> so what's, what, in, like, in what sense do they, do they kind of like drive home the personal brand, like the type of movies that you make or like the thing you want to say with the, like with the films that you work on? And put your name Mostly on. the things we want to say with, with the films that you work on. It's less. Yeah, they want. they want you to have a distinctive voice and they want to, they want you to know what you're using that voice to say. And they want you to be cognizant of what people think of you when you, they, when they hear that voice. And yeah, it's been, that's, that's all it's, an adjustment for me because so much, so much of the, like the last 10 years of work was just like, was a get it done. It's like, just say yes to everything. Right. And make, make do with what, what will you have? And there's a lot of my stuff is really like, has a do it yourself attitude. There's a lot of uh, like, you know, give me 500 bucks in a weekend and I can make a, a short film that'll play a festival. Um, but there's a, uh, yeah, there's, there's power in that. And there's a, uh, you know, you're making a statement with, uh, with everything that you choose to, to make. There's like, you know, all art is inherently political. There's, there's no, nothing ex- exists in a vacuum. And it's uh, important to, yeah, just be thoughtful of what you're putting out there. And they made sure that what we want to put out there is who we are. All right. Do you think your work or like your filmography leading up to that program was consistent in like what you wanted to say? Like, do you think everything you had put your name on so far was something had a message you believed in? Uh, I, I, I've made some trashy short films. I made some, some, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of stuff that didn't get off the ground. I, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm proud of everything that got finished. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there was, there was projects that, that fell apart uh, for various reasons through, like it just didn't come together or there's creative differences. And I think those, uh, I think those, those not coming together was for the best. Right. But even then I, I think look back at a lot of the stuff I made and there's, there's some really cringy jokes. Like there's a lot of, uh, yeah, a lo- lot of embarrassing stuff that, you know, I w- if I had known better, then I uh, I wouldn't have done, or I did know better, and was uh, was swayed by someone who talked me into it, or the challenge, or yeah, there was always something that kind of like it's like 
but if you do this, then we can, you know, it's the biggest project we've worked on so far. And it's like, yeah, but at what cost? Yeah. <laughs> I, I realized with that question, I kind of just like forced you to look at your past and reflect on your transgressions. <laughs> yes. No, I also, I don't want to, uh, I think, I think in uh, most cases, everyone, everyone grew from the experience. So I, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus either. I think, you know, right. it's like, you know, we were, you know, we were old enough to know better in some cases, but we are still, we, we know better now. We've learned and, you know, growing isn't always linear and it's, you know, as long as you're moving forward and you recognize the mistakes you've made and, you know, valuable lessons do, in the end. Do, exactly. Yeah. You know, do better, do better next time. Yeah. <laughs> no, no great artist like never makes mistakes. Right. Like, yeah, just, especially know. in the film world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I think, uh, I think if anyone who looks back at their early work, especially like coming out of film school and it's like, doesn't see room for improvement, then, uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are some people, red flag. But, yeah, it's a little, it's, you know, and I'm sure there's some people who have, have done it and are like, are, are totally justified. They're just like that good, but it's, uh, it's few and far between. And yeah. One All right. So I, then wait, wait, oh, go I, ahead, Moss. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask is what was the workload like, like in terms of balancing it with the projects <laughs> you were working on at the time or whatever, was it like an intense six months? How, how what was that like? Uh, it was an extent, uh, very intense six months. It was uh, a lot of the stuff that we were working on kind of got like put on the back burner mm. for most of it. It was, uh, there wasn't a lot of, uh, you didn't have a lot of energy for other things. I mean, I, I overdid it a little bit because I, did not take the six months off from my day job. So I was still working at Bay Video while I was, uh, while I was there, which was in hindsight was a little, little much. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're at the CFC. Were you, weren't you there like five days a week or maybe not? Mostly five days a week. Yeah. Sometimes there'd be, uh, we'd have days off or, um, there'd be days where we would be working from home. There'd be like, you know, you're not coming in today, work from home and uh, work on your slate or meet with the, your director to talk about your short film or uh, work on your pitch deck. Yeah, so there'd be, okay. we weren't there, it wasn't five days a week every week for the six months. It was five days a week for two thirds of the week. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, I, I cut back my schedule, but I was still still at the video store two nights a week and all, one day on weekends. So that's, yeah, that's a yeah, stack that's schedule. Fun. Yeah. Now, especially when we uh, started getting into production on our, on our short films, it was a little, little bit of a balancing act. I can only imagine. So did you, did you produce a, a short film while in the program? Like, is that yes. the producer's lab? Okay. Yeah, no, that was uh, that's sort of like the big... I mean, the closest thing is like, you know, it'd be a thesis film mm. where they would team up because um, there's several labs going on at the same time. There's uh, the producers, the directors, the writers, and the editors. 
And then sort of separate, but the same, there's actors and composers. Hmm. All, and they're all, I think the programs, not, not all the programs are the same length, but they all sort of start around the same time. And so the big sort of final project was the directors had to come up with a short film that I think most of them wrote themselves, but you could, you could work with another writer if you wanted to. Uh, that the producers had to produce and the editors had to edit and the composers did the music for. The writers could work on it if they they had a good relationship with one of the directors and we could cast the actors if we wanted to, but they didn't didn't force those relationships. But the Hmm. directors, producers, editors, and composers all worked together on on a final film but the writers might be left out of the equation sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the writers did their own, they're, they're, they had their own showcase thing that okay, they, they worked on it uh, for the, there's like a big end of year gala screening where they, at the light box, where they show all the, all the year end projects. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it was, uh, so the directors came up with a, a short and then, the producers got like a one paragraph synopsis of all of the short films. And then it was essentially speed dating. Like they sat up outside directors were all, there was like five tables and each one had a director. And then the five producers had 15 minutes, I think with each director. And we just we, okay. we chatted about the project. We got like, we got to know the other person and then we all gave feedback to the CFC and then they assigned us who we were, we were supposed to work with. Okay. They think they matched you. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we all got matched with who we were kind of wanting to work with. So it, it worked out that way. Um, but yeah. So we shot in uh, that was sort of built up to that. It was because we had a bunch of different sessions, about a bunch of different things related to producing up until TIFF that year. And then they gave us TIFF off because they wanted us to go network and watch movies. Makes sense. And then after TIFF, we jumped into pre-production on these short films. And then we had two days to shoot each of them. It was... How long were the films? Like They had to be no longer than 10 minutes. Still two days or 10 minutes. Yeah. And there was, there could be, there was, there's some other, how to be no more than two locations and no more than five, four or five actors in the film. This sounds almost exactly like the limitations that in York for second year, our short films, it was like two locations, three characters, max. Yeah. And a lot of what they're like, how they chose what got made sounds similar to what you're saying. On a smaller yeah. scale, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was because uh, I guess they have uh, they've got a bunch of great relationships with uh, with various uh, gear houses and production partners across the city. So I think it was there was one gear truck that we all shared. We all had the same camera and the same truck with uh, all the same like uh, camera and grip equipment and lights. So mine was first. We shot with my, shot mine, and then the truck went to the next person's shoot, which went to the next person's shoot, and then I think there was two days off. 
And then it was the next person shoot and the next person shoot. It was, I think it was, it was five short films in 12 days. Oh man. Jeez. Okay. Wow. Um, and it was a very fast editing process too. By the time the second short finished shooting, my short had a rough cut. Wow. <laughs> uh, we had a, they, the, the post team at the CFC is great. We had, we had someone pick up the footage uh, every day and go home and, or go back to the CFC and sync it and get it ready. So the editor was working on our film the, while we were still shooting. Like they were, they were working on our, our first day's footage while we were on our second day of shooting. And wow. yeah, and that was so I think by the time that all of us wrapped, mine was picture locked. Wow. So yeah. what's so what was your short film about? What was your short film? It was called With Feeling. It was about uh an estranged couple who go over to the daughter's house for dinner. And during dinner, the their daughter announces that her and her partner are engaged. And then the lights go out and like the, the older cop, the parents are stranded overnight. And while they are, you know, they're making small talk, trying to fall asleep, they hear uh, their daughter and her fiance have sex upstairs. And then they start giggling. And then there's a moment in intimacy that leads to them having sex. And then the next day they kind of just pretend nothing happened. Hmm. Yeah, it was a it was a really it was a fun, it was a fun shoot. Uh, it was like it was the four actors in one location because it was all in uh, the one house. Uh, it was my first time working with the intimacy coordinator, which was which was really interesting and a lot of fun. Uh, we had a great intimacy coordinator, Lindsay Summers. Who did the uh, CFC connect you to the intimacy co- intimacy coordinator or? Uh, they did. I was. Uh, she actually came and talked to the producers, the directors, and the actors. There was a session with her, and sort of just talked about what she did and the role of an intimacy coordinator on set and how that's like more of a thing right now and uh, the importance of uh, yeah, just making people feel safe and uh, looked after on set. It kind of, it was funny. I think it was the same week we talked to a stunt coordinator wow. who came in and talked to us about uh, like where, uh, how stunts work on set and how like different, different roles uh, in the stunt department. And it just sort of, it stuck with me because it, we kind of have the same job. It's just making sure the director's vision comes true while making sure no one gets hurt. They're, yeah, they're there, are really, of, there are a lot of parallels. Yeah, they're really there to make sure that uh, you get what you want and to, you know, you, know, you, can, be, you can go as uh, go as out there as you want while still having a controlled environment. Right. And so uh, when it turned out that the film I was working on was going to have intimacy, they helped uh help put that together and Lindsay was in touch with our with our two actors 
and then came out on, on the day to sort of give everyone a pep talk and make sure everyone had felt safe. And if anyone had any questions and uh, left some breath mints, which was, which was <laughs> <laughs> uh, tasteful, it was, tasteful. I like that. Yeah, no, it was very, uh, no, it was wonderful. And uh, it was, uh, a really important role on set that I hadn't really given a lot of thought to beforehand, but now I can't imagine working on a set without one if if one was called for. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. That's something I didn't, I'm not going to lie, I just now know what an intimacy at coordinate, I mean, I don't even fully understand the full role, but mm-hmm. like, I only just learned about it right now. Yeah, no, it's, uh, they're they're great. I did a, did another short last summer during, during the pandemic that uh, we also had an intimacy coordinator on and was also just made, made everything run smoother and just made feel everyone feel much better about, about being on set and just felt everyone. Yeah. Just made everyone feel safer and looked after. Yeah, I've only like learned about like the intimacy coordinator's role in the past few years. I remember I briefly heard at my old job when I worked at a production company, I had to take one of my boss's cars to get washed and briefly heard a CBC radio interview with the intimacy coordinator. I forget who like what which coordinator it was, but she worked on a bunch of HBO shows and like I figure they must have like a rotating door of intimacy coordinators at HBO. But it actually, actually it actually might have been Lindsay because she, she she was one of the first in North America and she she has uh, works on a lot of HBO stuff. Okay, yeah, it might have been probably was her, yeah. And I just I just remember briefly hearing about her talking about the job, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's funny when you brought up your short film, I was thinking like, did you have an intimacy intimacy coordinator? And here we are. Yeah. So no, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna yeah, I was also looking for a segue. <laughs> <laughs> um so going forward from the CFC, learning everything about like, you know, um, finding your brand in terms of what you want to say with each short, with each film you work on and what you mm-hmm. like the work you put out there. Do you think since then you've become more picky about what you like want to want to commit to or has it changed? Has it skewed your lens in terms of like what kind of projects you are more open to or willing to consider or saying yes to? Uh, 100%. 100%. Um, I think part of it was just learning how to say no in general. I was like, there was a period like 20, 2016, 2017, where I was just saying yes to everything and uh, really burning myself out. And so I think it, overall, I'm just a bit pickier uh, with what where I spend my time and energy. But yeah, I think it definitely, definitely crystallized a few things of what I, what I want to put out there, what I want to be known for. As like, yeah, I want to yeah, I want to make films that uh that challenge people that uh make people feel seen mm. make people feel uh feel understood um, I think a lot of it is just sort of crystallizing the type of films that I want to see out there that like, I want to see right. stuff that, uh, you know, you know, 
ironically, is like not not Tarantino. <laughs> it's like you know yeah. what? <laughs> it's uh, I want to see something that's uh, see films that are more empathetic. I think. Hmm. And um, have something to say, and can make me think in different ways. Uh, especially if I'm one of the ones who's working on it, I want to like it's you know, sort of like I want to work with people who make me see the world in different ways and challenge me and push me and make me more empathetic. Mm, well said. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, the, uh, I think the auteur system is, is a little bullshit. And I think we lean a little bit too hard on that in Canada. Oh, uh, yes. the, the director has, uh, gets a lot of the, the power. Uh, yeah. Um, there is something in that, you know, a film is the result of all of the people making it and, yeah, often, yeah, often there ahead, are sorry. strong voices in that, and those are the voices I want to want to listen to. And yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to skip to the end where I'm just watching the movie in the theater. I want to work with those people and um, get in on the ground floor. Yeah, totally. And yeah, I agree with you that I've never really understood the auteur system in terms of thinking that a director should be like be like the first and last word of every creative choice when filmmaking itself is like extremely collaborative Mm -hmm. and for the better usually yeah no it's uh no even even the more uh strong-willed directors or writer directors that i've worked with have uh have had their work elevated by um, their cinematographer, their editor, their performers. Um, I like to think even me sometimes. <laughs> yes. I yeah, think- it's uh, like, as a producer, it's like, you know, there's the, the cliche of being like the suit, the, the money man. Um, but that's that's not you know it is it is you know kind of part of the job, but it's like you also you should have a creative voice you should even if it is a uh guiding hand or as a megaphone to amplify yeah. other people, but you have you know you still have a voice and you should use it as a producer. Exactly. Yeah, it's something to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, especially uh, in the indie world. In older Hollywood, like the producers were the uh, the initial like part of the the draw, right? Like, oh yeah, way before like they started really kind of uh, leaning on like people like Hitchcock to kind of like spur up the auteur conversation. Mm-hmm. It was like people knew about stars and producers. Yeah, kind of interesting to think yeah. about how things have changed. Yeah, no, it was this, you know, the studio has had all the power. Yeah, now it's like uh, the only. And I mean, it's, you know, I think it's probably good that we've moved away from the deification of studio heads mm-hmm. outside yeah. of Kevin Feige, who will... is going to say most, <laughs> mostly we've moved away from it. Mostly is Kevin Feige's going to get it back, though. He's getting it back. Yeah, he's <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, no, it's it's weird. It's you know, we talk about old Hollywood, but it's like we're the closest we've ever been to old Hollywood right now. Which makes me excited to see what what you know what the next phase is, what the what the backlash will be to that. Um whether it's like you know a, a new Hollywood or a, a French new wave or yeah. Uh, ho- hopefully going to be around for it. Or maybe it'll just be 20 more years of indie directors getting sucked up by Disney to make Marvel movies. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, they got to pay the bills in between the Netflix originals. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Netflix or Disney. I'm, you know, I'm willing to sell out. Give, give, give yeah, me I mean, Ant-Man 5. <laughs> yeah. <I> was, <laughs> Ant-Man give me <laughs> Ant-Man 5. Give me. Uh, holding out for. Give me uh give me a kissing booth spin-off, Netflix, please. Eternals three. Yeah. God. Um I, I don't know about Netflix right now with the with with Dave Chappelle, but otherwise right, yeah. Right, yeah, other than that whole fucking debacle. Yeah, maybe 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 not someone I want to work with right now. But Disney, Disney, you're you know. Yeah, Disney's done no wrong. Yeah, I mean, Apple TV Plus is uh, giving John Stewart a new show, so it's like, I mean, maybe, maybe I want to go work with Apple. Wait, no, I don't know. Right, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they made, you know, they made Ted Lasso, so like they're kind of okay in my books. That's that's fair. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, so, we kind of got all over the place. No, it's okay. Um, so since your time at the CFC, like, what have you been working on? Like, I know you've been working on like Aaron's Guide, and that wrapped. Back in which August did it wrap or the end of July? End of July, uh, though we did do reshoots uh, two weeks ago. We did a oh really? Yeah, we did a, a day of pickups and uh, we reshot one scene for sound. Fair. Um, but yeah, that's been. I mean, that was the biggest thing uh, coming out of the CFC. Um, it was based on a, a short film that the director Juliana Naughton and. Uh, Clara Lore did a couple of years ago. I think I think shot in 2017 with and it, it, the intent was always to turn it into a feature. Uh, and they applied for the Talent to Watch program in 2019, right before I started at the CFC. And I helped with their application. I helped with their initial budget and then got swept up in the CFC and didn't have time for anything else. And then when that wrapped, they asked me to come on board as a, as a, as a producer. And I was thrilled because I loved the script. It was exactly the type of script that I, that I wish I saw more of. Um, yeah, it was one of those things where I finished reading. I was like, fuck, why can't I, why, why can't, why wasn't this given to me first? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we were planning to shoot in summer of 2020 and we we're ramping up and started to cast. And then, you know, the world caught fire. Yep. And we we ended up delaying a year. And uh around that time I fin- I shot uh short film Heavy Petting, uh with uh with uh Brendan Prost, who was the writer-director, who uh, was one of the people who inspired me to, jo- to apply for the CFC way back when. Uh, and so we shot that in August of 2020. During the weekend 
that Ontario went into phase three. So it was the lowest cases had ever been. Hmm. Uh, and then everything's got significantly worse after that. <laughs> yep. Uh, but we, we shot for four days. And that actually just premiered. It got its world premiere at the Nashville International Film Festival. Uh, wow. Last week of September. Congratulations. Nice. And then it yeah, premiered. Thank you. And then it uh, got its Canadian premiere at the Vancouver International Film Festival last week. Nice. VIF. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it's a, VIF's a great festival. And we have some more some more festival announcements coming up. And then, uh, yeah. And then we, after that, we, things started to come back together for Aaron's guide. And we, uh, yeah, we started, we were dreading casting again because we really loved the, the performers we 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 wanted in the you know in 2020 and we were we were dreading uh it's like we really like them and it's been a year and they're like teenagers and you can change so much in a year like i think i grew eight inches in between like when i was 14 to 15 right yeah and so uh juliana the director and claire uh like uh the other producer had zoom chats with them and they all looked about the same. And then the, the only people in the world who didn't age 50 years during the pandemic. God bless them. Yes. And then we were, uh, so we were thrilled that thrilled to offer them parts and that felt, felt like a good sign. And then everything started to come together uh, we lost some people just because it's been, been a year. Um, and, you know, they were in different places in their careers or had gotten other work. So we had to, we had to replace uh, some, some of our uh, crew, but most people were still the same and were really enthusiastic. And we, uh, yeah, we were really lucky and we shot um, in July again, when cases were pretty much as low as they were going to be. Yeah. Luckily we haven't gone too far back up since then. Yeah, no, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster, but things seem to be equalizing a little bit. Um, but yeah, we were able to shoot with low cases. And by that point, a lot of people had gotten their, at least their first vaccine shot, if not yeah. their second. I know a couple of our crew got their second shots during, during the shoot. Mm. And yeah, we shot in shot in uh, July. It was a twenty day shoot. Uh, easily the biggest thing I've ever worked on. It was uh, one of the one of the things I keep joking about was like it felt like the log- logical next step in a lot of ways. It was like this is the biggest crew I've ever worked with, and that seems like I should work with a crew this size. That seems like the logical next step, and it's like this is the most amount of money I've ever had for a project. And it's like, well, that seems like I should, I should work on something with like that, that amount of, uh, uh, money. And it's like, we have the most amount of like funders and there's like people to answer to. And like, that also seems like a good next step. And, but it was all of those logical next steps at once. So it ended up feeling like a, a giant leap instead. Fair. 
Um, but it worked uh, worked well. Um, the footage looks amazing, and we are really happy with the performances. And we made most of our days, and things. Uh, you know, no one got sick, which is always a big plus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is more than a lot of other sets could say around that time before. Oh, absolutely. Well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, we just, we had a day of reshoots just to, we had one of the outdoor scenes had choppy sound just because we're shooting outside. And it was just the summer and sometimes sound is bad outside. And we, we shot some pickup stuff for the opening sequence. Cause it's uh, our lead Aaron is running for the bus and we're, Wanted, we wanted some, some more footage to sort of uh, flesh that out a little bit. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing my first rough cut of it uh, in the next week. I'm really psyched for it. Awesome. Yeah. And then that'll be coming out next year. We have, uh, we have distribution and broadcast plans to announce, hopefully in the next few months. But right now we are just nose the grindstone getting getting a, a cut we're all happy with and then moving into you know other parts of post-production congrats uh, thank Seriously. you and then so now that that's sort of wrapped up i'm working on uh some other projects that i've had on the back burner a little bit um it was funny what during the cfc i came in with a project slate and it was like four or five features in various things at levels of sort of development. And they asked in one of the interviews, um, do you have any episodic or television films on your slate? And I was like, no, no, I don't. But, you know, it's, it's definitely a space I want to play with and I'd be excited to work in it. I just don't have anything on, uh, on the go right now. And they were like, okay, cool. And then a week or so before the lab started, after I got in, uh, they did a checkup call. So it was like, if I had any questions and also to see if anything had changed with my slate. And I was like, yeah, this one project I was working with kind of fall, fell through and I'm you know not involved anymore, but I am working on this other thing. And they were like, great. Do you have any episodic things or anything for television? I was like, no, I was like, I would, but you know, I find it super exciting. I would love to do something in that. It's like, you should have something episodic on your slate before the lab starts. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll see what I can do. And I had worked at, I had worked as a in a writer's room for a, an IPF pitch a couple of years ago. Oh wow. For a web series. Uh Which web it didn't series? get uh it didn't get picked up. Okay. It was uh we did not. We did not make uh, get the funding. Relatable. Yeah. Yeah. We I mean, we did this too. We applied for IPF at one point as well. I did not get it. Yeah. It it happens. It uh, you know, I feel like uh, every every February is like this. Like the the Game of Thrones. Brace yourself. IPF pitch videos are coming. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's March first. <laughs> they open up, and then everyone. They don't sharing. do the videos anymore. No. Though now technically. Or, or they do, but they only do them for a second round. Like, you okay. apply for funding for the video now. 
Yeah, no, that's that that makes sense. It's a it's a lowers the barrier barrier of entry a lot because I think it was a huge pain to get uh, to shoot something on spec for yeah. all of these productions, especially with you had that many videos being uploaded for this like free application. Yeah. And you sometimes have to wonder if they got around to watching all of them. No. Because it was like, I remember one, the year we applied, it was like over 50 pitches. Yeah. No, it was, uh, no, it was like I, I knew, I know enough people in the industry that was like my Facebook feed and Twitter feed was like, please watch my IPF page. And I was like, I will. And I'll add, I'll, I'll give you the view and I'll give you the like on, on uh, YouTube. But that's, uh, there's, there's only yeah. so much I can do. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so I, I ended up, I really liked work that whole process and um, approached the creator and basically like optioned it. And I was like, can I take your, take your idea and run, run with it for the process of the lab? And it's like, I don't know if anything will come of it. I just need to have something for, uh, for these sessions about uh, television. And then funnily enough, that was the project I had like the most fun with. And got the most excited about during the during the lab. Um, so I'm, uh, yeah, getting getting back into developing that. I'm working with the the original creator. Um, like what I did with it was very different, but she was very very on board. And we're working on a a pilot right now in a pitch deck, and it's about an all women uh, group of uh, like an esports team. It's a competitive video game. Oh, cool. cool. Nice. Yeah. And then I am also working on a pitch and a new draft for something that I was, uh, I was hired to write. It's a, it was hired by the founder of the international festival of clowns. I remember you telling me about this. Yes, it is a, it is a hard boiled film noir film called Circus Rouge, where every character is a clown. Hmm. Moss, Moss is slow head I, raise. Like I, I just <laughs> okay, I'm in. Yeah, it is. Uh, he he wants he, he likes film noir, and uh, the director he's working with is someone I worked with a few times on some shorts, and he actually directed the Deadline, the my 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 blockbuster Severance feature. <laughs> Uh, that's how I got involved and they want to do like a old 40s like theatrical experience where you would pay a nickel and you would get a newsreel a short uh, like part of a serial and a cartoon and a feature and he doesn't doesn't want it played for jokes it is a straight up film noir about uh, real estate fraud, and but every character is a clown, and it reflects the whole history and world of clowning. Uh, there are bouffants, there are mimes, there is, um, yes, it is it is very representative, uh, which is not something I knew a lot about. I knew a lot about film noir and had a lot of fun writing that, and uh, the the. The clowns among on the on the the team so far have helped to, to with the research and the clowning it up a little bit. 
Uh, so we are, we actually shot the, like a part of a serial. Oh, wow. Uh, it's, uh, you know, like those old Batman and Robin or Superman, like 10 minutes cliffhangers. So we shot that, uh, right around the time that the, the CFC ended when I had a little, I think it was right around the time we were completely locked on my short. And I, I helped out with that. And it is uh, the ventriloquist last laugh, and it is about a is a ventriloquist and his sidekick dummy fighting against you know Batsy Siegel, and we we uploaded that online uh, a couple months ago. We had a lot of fun. We just threw it and we threw it online to sort of gauge interest and see get some feedback and sort of build up the uh, awareness of the project. Uh, but yeah, I'm actually meeting up with that director this week and we're going to figure out what our next steps are going to be. How do the, how do the clowns feel about playing landlords and like real estate lawyers? What, what What's their take on it? Uh, they know that uh, they know that they're being playing villains and they're having a lot of fun <laughs> being uh, being over the top. They're. I mean, there's there's very few things as cartoonishly evil as like landlords and uh yeah just capitalism in general so having they're, they're playing into that a lot it is probably the meanest thing i've ever written it is <laughs> oh beautiful it is yeah. uh it is an angry film about uh the dangers of capitalism and uh centrism, centrism. but it is also a uh like a detective story, a heist movie, a love story, and uh, it stars uh, Sketchy the Clown, former Toronto mayoral candidate. <laughs> you already so, had me, but like yeah. now <laughs> you, you just kept on committed. adding. Like no, like you were like it's criticizing capitalism. We've got former uh, mayoral candidates involved. Like let's let, boom. Okay, I'm in. Sorry, yeah. go on, Zach. No, we are. Uh, so that's called Circus Rouge, and uh, if we can get everything together, we'll probably shoot it uh, uh, second half of next year. Nice. Very yeah. Excited. So that. We do have to wrap up because we've yep. hit our time. But mm-hmm. thank you, Brendan. Thank you very much for coming on. Seriously. Yeah, uh, seriously. If you like, we can, awesome. inc- we can include a link to the reel that you just mentioned in our show notes if you'd like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll send a, I'll, uh, send a link in the, the chat. And I'll, uh, yeah, no, if you want to, uh, you know, absolutely take the shout out. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so thank you again for coming on. No, it was a, um, it was a yeah, pleasure. Awesome. A- Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say it was a pleasure uh, getting to chat with you. It was, a, it was great to see you again, Zach. Uh, it was great to meet yes. you, Moss. And uh, likewise. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to hear how you uh, finesse my rambling. <laughs> no, it was perfect. It was good. Thank you. Seriously, you're the second CFC person we've had on now. Oh yeah, Who, mm-hmm. who's the first? I'm curious. Um, I don't know if you've met Mike McFadden. He's a TV writer. He was. Uh, Excuse me. He was at the CFC or the TV Writers Lab back in like 2006, and he's worked okay. on he's worked on uh, like that uh, CTV show Chan, and he mm. wrote for the Magic School Bus and a season of Corner Gas Animated, mm-hmm. and that YTV show 
be how to be indie or being was it being indie no you got it right the first time it was how to be indie um so yeah and he works on just a ton of tv writing just a ton of canadian writers rooms he's in them all have you met him i have not i know the name though yeah but i met him through like friend yeah it's good that we're adding another CFC like Infinity Stone to our gauntlet, though. So right? Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah, need to get a get a, get a director next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah. So we're gonna that's our next aim. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you got another Kevin Feige reference in there, Moss. <laughs> yeah. He needed he needed more shadow. He needed more clout. Yeah. yeah well, Nobody grows ever bigger. Yeah, you know, he's you know he really he really needs the help. He's he's on the verge of disappearing. <laughs> Yeah, God, God help Kevin Feige. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's, he's gonna work. Yeah, he needs a uh, you know he's in danger of irrelevance, hanging by a thread. Really, like yeah. just oh, man. But but seriously, thank you, uh, thank you for coming on. This has been a great conversation. Thank you. Yes. No, I had a lot of fun. It was yeah, I've, you know, I'm honored to be a part of it. And yeah, thank you again. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, Brendan, seriously, thank you again. Yes, uh, and sorry, my cat's meowing at me. Um, <laughs> uh, again, if you need a story editor for your noir clown script, oh, yes, wow. here, here comes Zach to, to plug. I'm sorry, I, 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 had, I talked to Brendan about this like way earlier, so this isn't me just bringing this up on the fly like randomly no. now. No, when I well, uh, I'm I'm working on the new draft now. I'm hoping to have it done. Uh, kind of want to have it done for the end of the month because I have another project I want to I want to write in November. I'm thinking of doing like NaNoWriMo, but for a script. Or something okay, I've been putting yeah. off to writing, so I want to have go into that with a clean slate. Fair, yeah. Right, Nana is coming up. Yeah. Uh, but yes, no. I was. Uh, I'll uh, keep you posted about whatever about everything, and uh, I'll let you know when we're probably going to do a cast and crew screening of Aaron's Guide. We'll, you know, even I'll though you're only there for a week, we'll still let you come. Thank you. I'll sneak in the back. Don't worry. <laughs> um, regardless of an invitation. Yeah, yeah. no, it was, uh, it was, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone again. I'm really looking forward to seeing, I'm looking forward to seeing the film at all in the next week or so, but I'm really looking forward. If it is as good as I think it is, I'm looking forward to being able to share it with people. Awesome. Congrats again. And thank, thank you again you. for coming on. All right. Well, you two have a great night. Uh, thank you again for having me on. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, have a great evening. Thank you, you Brendan. Too. Thank you. Take care. See you later. Bye. Bye. I Went to Film School is recorded in Toronto, Canada and produced by Zach Gladstone and Anthony Moss. Mm-hmm.